Welcome to another episode of Shades Midweek, where we have conversations about theology, culture, and all things Shades. I am Brad Brown, joined in the studio by our fearless leader, Jonathan Hafes. Jonathan, how are you doing this dreary morning? It, it's been a dreary week so I far, and I think it's going to keep raining, but I'm, I'm doing well, yeah. all things considered. Yeah. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. Oh yeah! Did you, did you grill out with a family? We I grilled out in the rain <laughs> with <laughs> an umbrella, or yeah, with the, it didn't make much difference. <laughs> but did you do anything special? Things are starting to open back up a little bit. Uh, yes, we grilled out. We had steaks, so nice. indulge there, and yep, that was about it. That was about it. <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah, we've actually had some family starting to travel a little bit and come through town, and so we've gotten to see some people again recently. People, oh, they wow. still Other exist. Other humans. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's been amazing. <laughs> but I'm really excited about the episode today because y'all may have just heard uh, a laugh in the background, and that, that, would, that would be the laugh of none other than the park stall cop you might have thought that high-pitched laugh was john mark but (laughs) john mark's not able to be with us today (laughs) but it's not but in his stead we have the one and only park stall cop park how are you doing today i'm doing really good and now i know where all the comfy chairs are at shade (laughs) (laughs) yes Yes. we we have hidden them all in this (laughs) glorified closet that we record in yeah so We are so glad to have you here today. We're continuing our series, Meet a Member, which has been so good during this season because in this quarantine season, we've been apart from one another. And so a Meet a Member has just, it's hit really well, I feel like. For sure. I mean, you know, the episode where we had Grace Walnsky on is our most downloaded episode of all time. <laughs> it's that Walnsky brand. It really is. It. it really is. So no no challenge here, Park. <laughs> I know. I'm a little stressed about yeah. this. <laughs> it's definitely a competition. <laughs> but anyway, no. So we're excited because, I mean, we get to keep learning new things that we didn't know about people we know and love so much. And and everybody else does does too. So, yeah. so Park, thank you for coming in today. Yeah, yeah, Sure. So normally we start by just asking... Uh, a little bit about how you grew up. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up, um, where you grew up, okay. what your family was like. So in some ways, I probably have had the childhood that most parents would want their kids to have in the mm. sense that I grew up um, with really strong believers as parents. Mm. And my dad's always been involved in ministry. But what a lot of people don't know is that my mom and dad got married when I was four. And so um, I actually was born in Texas, in Colleen, Texas. Um, Colleen? Colleen. Where where is that in Texas? It's by Fort Hood. Okay, I don't know where that is either. My birthday. He did photography and stuff for the Army, but he was a civilian. And um, when I was not very many months old, my parents got divorced. And so my mom and I moved back to her family that lived um, just north of Huntsville in a, in a place called Hazel Green, Alabama. So mm. out in the boonies. Hazel Green. Lived on a farm. <laughs> yeah. My mom grew up in Hazel Green, Alabama. It's really close to Hazel Tennessee. It's, oh, just no, it's north okay. of Huntsville. And so um, my mom and I lived there for a while and then moved back into Huntsville because my mom worked at the Redstone Arsenal Base in, um, mm. in Huntsville. 
And then she started dating my dad when I was four, and they got married, I think, I can't remember if I was four or five, but um, I remember going on dates with him and stuff. And so, um, oh, wow. and then that's he, awesome. Yeah, and he's always been, you know, dad to me from, hmm. I, c- I was so excited when they got married because I was like, can I finally call him dad? And so he's uh. really the only dad I've ever known. Um, but a lot of times I also forget when people talk about coming from a broken home that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I just had this amazing childhood. And then I go, oh, wait, actually, I came from a broken home too. So, mm. um, but anyway. So Blake and Sandra Reimer, my parents, um, I told y'all I lived in North Alabama and then um, my dad lived in Birmingham for two years and worked for Navigators and he was actually the youth director at um, Covenant when Covenant yeah. first oh, started wow. it, when it met at Sanford. And, um, and we lived here for two years. It's the reason I moved back because it was the place that I remembered my parents being the happiest and that I loved. I, went, mm. I lived in Homewood and went to Edgewood Elementary in first and second grade. And then my dad got a job in Montgomery, so we moved to Montgomery. And he worked with Young Life there for a long time. And then okay. he started a counseling ministry and um, did that forever. After I graduated from high school, I grew up in Montgomery. I don't really like to say that I came from Montgomery. <laughs> Why not, Park? Uh, <laughs> Montgomery's a hard town. It's just... Uh, Enough said. Yeah. My (laughs) dad used to say this was our purgatory. We had to live in Montgomery (laughs) until Park graduated from high school. And then they moved back to Huntsville where they live now. And that's where Aaron and Meg grew up more. Because they're a lot younger than me. If you don't know, Meg McClung is my sister. Some people still don't know that because we look nothing alike. You just blew a lot of people's minds. I know. And then Erin Skrabarczyk, yeah, try to spell that. It's worse than saying (laughs) it. But she um, lives in Poland. And so it was me, seven years later, Aaron, five years later, Meg. So I'm 12 years older than Meg. And um, so anyway, we, we had an awesome time growing up. God was just in the midst of our family. We all became believers really young, me and my sisters. And um, I don't know, I had an amazing childhood as far as that stuff is concerned. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, as far as like your, your faith journey growing mm-hmm. up, like, do you remember bits and pieces of that, what that was like and how you came to faith and maybe I know for a lot of us that grew up in believing homes who came to faith when they were young, sometimes we also have kind of a story along the way of when our faith kind of became our own. Right. So I actually remember becoming a Christian, my mom. (laughs) Okay. So I told you my dad did stuff with young life. Mm -hmm. And so when he and my mom got married, she, she was super shy and she was going to have to give her testimony at a Young Life thing. And she was petrified. So she kept practicing on me. And we <laughs> were just sitting in the living room. And she was practicing. And she got to the end where there's an invitation. And um, I don't remember this part. But she says, I raised my hand. <laughs> like, I want to do that. And she was like, wait, what? And I was like, I want to pray. And she was like, oh, oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> And so um, I, she was like, do you want me to pray for you? And she said, "I went, "Uh, no, I can do it by myself. And so (laughs) (laughs) I was five years old and prayed to receive Christ. And and I do remember calling dad and telling him on the phone after, but, but so that was just kind of a cool thing that my mom never realized. Um, So I never, I don't ever remember not believing, but I do remember kind of going, oh, there's like a decision that has to be made. And so I, I did that and, um. So, yeah, I was five years old, and I, um, uh, well, here's a funny story. Will Ferris loves this story. 
um, probably within a week or two of becoming a Christian, we were live. We had moved to a new house, and um, and so I went out. <laughs> I was like, I want some friends, and so <laughs> Mom said she saw me go to my room and grab two baby dolls, five years old. Um, and I was walking out the door and she said, Park, where are you going? I was like, oh, I prayed and asked God to send me a friend. So I'm going to go wait for him. And she was like, oh, no, Lord, <laughs> please, please. And so she's looking out the front door and I'm just sitting at the end of the driveway holding these two dolls, just looking down the street, <laughs> waiting. But mom said, sure enough, this boy came walking up within probably about 10 minutes. And um and so she said, I came inside and, and said, oh, God sent me a friend, but he doesn't want to play dolls. It's a, it was a little boy. <laughs> so <laughs> he was my first friend in the neighborhood. But um, but anyway, I, I I don't fully remember that, but my mom does and has told me. And Bill Ferris is like, that's the best story ever. That's, that's awesome. when Park's Prayer Life started. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to say that that boy was Jeff. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That would have been amazing, like, though. Oh, you should maybe oh tell gosh. the story like that. Yeah, that would be incredible. Change it, make a joke. Um, uh, but I, um, because wait, whenever they make a movie out yeah. of your life, that's going to be <laughs> yeah. one of the edits. They're going to change. <laughs> They're going to change it. Um, I, I think now when I look back, I, I think I thought that what I experienced was pretty normal, but I think that it wasn't. When my mom became a Christian, I was just. Um, about one or maybe a little or maybe a little bit younger and she um and so like as a young kid I had a mom as a new believer and she was so excited and so loved the Lord um and prayer was really important to her and so I just grew up with people always praying around me Mm. out loud all the time like it wasn't any I mean, we would pray at night before I'd go to bed, but it was just kind of like an always thing that happened. And hmm. so I didn't realize that that was abnormal hmm. until I got a little bit older. Um, so I, th- I always felt like Jesus was just this person that was in our house, too. Hmm. And we talked to him all the time. And I'd come home from school having a bad day and mom would be like, OK, let's pray about it or let's pray for this person that was mean to you or let's pray about, you know, whatever. So um when I said I think I had the childhood that most people would want for their kids, I really, I really do. It was really just natural because um, Jesus was just there, and we talked about him all the time. So mm, that's awesome. Yeah. So you graduated high school mm-hmm. here. No, 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 in, in Montgomery. Montgomery. That's yeah. right, in Montgomery. I went to Sydney Lanier. and uh, and your parents moved back to Huntsville. Yeah. So where did you go post high school? Um, I went to the University of Alabama. Oh. Our is first is that, is that painful? First. Is that painful for you, Brad? No. <laughs> my dad went to Alabama. My mom went to Auburn. But I, all my friends went to Auburn, and I just didn't want to go where everybody else went from Montgomery. So I decided too close I would to Montgomery. To, yeah, I decided I would go to Alabama, and mm. not go with all the millions of people. What did, What did you major in? Education, early awesome. childhood, and elementary education. Yeah. Awesome. You want to yeah. be a teacher? Yeah. 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 I mean, really, from the time I was in first grade, I decided I want to be a teacher one day. And it never really changed. Uh, Weird. Now, <laughs> true. now, you and Jeff, did y'all y'all met at Alabama, right? Yeah. So, so, so tell us that story. <laughs> yes. From Jeff's side, I was this really obnoxious girl who went to Campus Crusade. We don't want to hear Jeff's side. And we, <laughs> we we want your side. We, we want, the, we want okay, the truth. When so we want Jeff's side, we'll get side. him in here. 
<laughs> okay, so I guess I was a sophomore, and I had Jeff was an education major, so I met him in class. Um, and so honestly, he wasn't on my radar because I was involved yeah, I in RUF. <laughs> yeah, we thought that that could be left unspoken. <laughs> we just assumed. I mean, he was beardless at this point, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so. I mean, I've seen I pictures. <laughs> he wouldn't have been on my radar either. I, I remember meeting him in class, and we ended up sitting next to each other. And I'm, you know, very talkative. And Jeff actually wasn't. Most people may not realize that. Super shy um, and very quiet. And so he would just kind of sit there, and I'd be like, oh, you have Birkenstocks? I have Birkenstocks, too. Well, Jeff has tiny feet, and I have kind of big feet, and so his shoes fit me, and so in the middle of class, if he would take his shoes off, I would, like, trade our shoes under the table, and I, like, I wasn't interested in him, like, dating him, but he was just so fun to talk to. You were just messing with him. And I was just messing with him, and, um, and I, kn- I know that I got on his nerves so much when we first <laughs> met. I would have some rolling of eyes at me because I'd stand up and go, hey, we're having this thing tonight and y'all are all invited to go. And he was like, oh, my gosh, this what, girl. You stood up in the class and invited everyone to the Campus Crusade <laughs> yeah, event? That's yes, amazing. Yes. I love that you're that person. We can edit that out. No, don't you dare. That was amazing. <laughs> Okay, sorry. And so, anyway, we met our sophomore year, had one class together, um, and just got to be friends with him my junior year, had more classes with him because kind of things are starting to get, I don't know, to where you have to go out to school some. And and what's weird is I, lo- I loved hanging out with him, and but there was another girl in our class that liked him, and she was kind of crazy. And so <laughs> I was kind of scared to talk to him because she would look at me really mean. And then I found out that they – he wouldn't say that they were dating, but she was like, oh, yeah, we're dating. And um, and so my junior year, we keep having more classes together, and I didn't have a car. And so I feel like maybe he gave me rides sometimes. And then he asked me uh, – I would stay in the summers at in Tuscaloosa – because I had to work, and I worked at a paramedic company there in their office. So um, he asked me out to go see a movie. And Do you remember the movie? <laughs> yes. It was Jurassic Park, the first oh, Jurassic wow. Park. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. My oldest sister, her and her husband, Jurassic Park, first date. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Um, and so, so something about that movie, <laughs> apparently. Jeff had told me to read the book. Yeah. He had just a re- classic he- rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> he, he loved to read and we would go and hang out um his brother was also at school there he's two years younger than jeff and um and we would all hang out at the pool and talk about books and whatever and so we went out we went to this movie but i didn't really know if it was a date or not i wasn't sure because we just had been talking about the book and we're like oh the movie's coming out let's go Come but on, then jeff. he paid for it how about some clarity jeff I well so <laughs> he, for him he thought it was clear um i, I will say that on his behalf. And so we went, but I had this friend of mine named Tara, and she kept saying, oh, it's not a date. It's not a date. And mm. I was like, oh, I found out later she liked him. But um, I was like, oh, wow. okay. Jeff? And so Jeff? Jeff's got Tara <laughs> and Park and, and the crazy, crazy girl? <laughs> and so Jeff the player. <laughs> so um, Basically, we went to the movie, and he paid for it, so I was like, okay, this feels like a real date, mm. maybe, yeah. even though the other girl said that it wasn't, and so we get home, and 
and I'm like, oh gosh, okay, bye, see you later. So like I run inside. And so he called me, I was like out of town the next week, he called me. And I had this like, kind of weird legalistic role for myself for a while that I wouldn't call guys. Um, I had taken a fast kind of from relationships. And so he had, when I got back in town, there was this message from Jeff and I was like, yes, please ask me to call you back. And so his message is like, Oh, so fun going to see the movie. We, we should go see another movie sometime. Um, I'm sure I'll see you around. I'll talk to you later. And I was like, dang it. He didn't ask me. (laughs) So like an idiot, um, because of the, this little law that I had made for myself, I didn't call him back. And I kept thinking, Oh, I'll see him. I'll see him. Well, that summer, I screwed up big time in education to go on to your senior year. You have to take this test. I mean, I'm like the student who makes straight A's my whole life. I slept through the test. Oh no. It was horrible. That's the stuff of nightmares. It is. And so because I slept through the test that fall, I didn't get to go on. I had to take a semester off so that I could take the classes again. So then I don't see Jeff all of fall semester and and you know he hadn't he hadn't called me again and so I was just like oh, probably okay, running around with Tara and the crazy <laughs> girl. <laughs> and so when classes started back in January, it was um, I can't even think of what they're called. Oh, like your block classes when you go do student teaching and stuff like that. So um, for our block classes, apparently we had been put in the same block, and so we show up to this meeting, and I don't have a car, and I see Jeff, and I'm like, oh hey, how are you doing? How was your summer? And he was like good what where have you been and <laughs> so yeah I missed that test and so um but it worked out because he was a semester behind me actually and so now we end up doing block classes together he had a car I didn't have a car so he had to give me a ride every day to the school and wow so that that's so kind of really you wouldn't have slept through that yes. exam look at God <laughs> I know right hashtag providence <laughs> so anyway I just yeah and so we we started hanging out like all the time, every day, having to do projects together. And and then eventually I was like, I really like this guy. But again, because he wasn't in Campus Crusade or anything else, he kind of hadn't been on my radar. But as we got to be better friends, he started coming to stuff with me all the time, coming to Campus Crusade. And and then after a while, I, I was like, oh, I, I think I like this guy. And I'm like, oh, I think he likes me. Oh, my gosh, he's liked me this whole time. So I kind of didn't realize it. And um, so, which was actually an answer to prayer, though that's a long story. And then um, we, yeah, we started dating, I guess, halfway through, or that spring break. Yeah, it was that spring break, because we went to Miami that spring break. Miami. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and that's where we, that's where we started dating, so. Okay, yeah. so jumping forward a little yeah. bit, how did he propose? He, um, he did a great job. He likes to draw. He drew all these things, and he um, put them up in his car window. So we went out for a date. He, um, like, rolled up the window or something, and there was this, like, scene on there, and it was from our time in Miami that he had drawn. And so, and, and like, he had also given me, okay, people on Chemistry Crusade used to do this really weird thing called creative dates. Have you ever heard of this? I, I have not. I have not, but I'm super excited right now. <laughs> and so... Like, it was a Campus Crusade thing where guys would take girls on creative dates, and sometimes you'd have to, like, um, like there was a scavenger hunt or different things you would do, and it'd be, like, several guys taking out several girls. And it wasn't always necessarily, like, a romantic thing, more just a fun thing. 
but sometimes it would turn into that. So anyway, he had planned for me this whole night and he had drawn these tickets for Jurassic Park. And I was mm. like, oh gosh, he, this is it. This is like, he's reenacting all these things. But because we hung out with each other all the time, I knew he would have gone to ask my dad and I knew that he would have had to go home to get his mom's ring. And so I was like, he hadn't been gone enough because we worked together at, um, it was called Sports First, now it's the Y. And um, and I was like, what? Okay, the, I don't know exactly what's going on here. Maybe this is nothing. And so the end of that night, he took me up to a place that overlooks Birmingham and, and asked me to marry him. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, but how did you get away without me knowing <laughs> that you got away? <laughs> and so, anyway. No, Park, be honest. Did you cry? Oh, of course. <laughs> you know me. You know I cried. I've cried my whole life. It's gotten worse, but, <laughs> but no, that's really that's awesome. So, fast forward a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Y'all have just a couple of children. Yeah, yeah, we have five kids. Um, they can't. Well, let's see. We we ended up having five kids in seven years. Oh, my I know, and all boys. Word. All boys. Yeah, which is weird because I grew up with girls. And I, after I had Noah, he's my oldest and he's 21 now, I was like, a boy. Okay. <laughs> um, did you did you always right. want to have a big family? Uh, when Jeff and I were even dating, we said that most of our best memories were with families that had four kids or more. And so we were like, you know, I, I want that kind of family where there's always something going on and, um, and a lot of kids. So we... We were like, oh, yeah, we want a big family. But then as we, (laughs) after Josh, we were like, oh, that was number three. So we had Noah two years later, a little less than two years later, had David. And then a little over two years had Josh. And I was like, okay, maybe we're good. Maybe three kids (laughs) is great. But Jeff and I both grew up in families of three. And there was like the middle child thing. And so we were like, you know. Once Josh was a little older, I was like, okay, I think I can do this again. <laughs> and um, and so we're like, we don't want to have a middle child. Let's just go for four. Well, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Not four, five. Because we got a twofer at the last. Uh, and, and and they missed it. I People didn't do sonograms all the time back then. Like you would have one at 20 weeks to find out. And, and at that time, you could find out if it was a boy or a girl. And we always found out because I always wanted to know. And, um, and, but this time they had done a sonogram early at like seven or eight weeks and they missed it. What? So like didn't I, know there were twins. No, did not know there were twins and something kept happening with the machine. And so it could be that they saw them both, but thought it was the same. And, um, and so I was huge and I was like, okay, I know this happens. Like when you have kids close together, you get bigger, faster, but this is ridiculous because my sister Erin was also pregnant and it was her first, but I was like, I'm enormous. What is going on? And so at 20 weeks I go in and I think they're going to tell me, Oh, we were wrong on your date. You're actually, you know, like 34 weeks. And so the lady's doing the sonogram and Jeff's out of the room and, and she said, did you get a sonogram early? And I was like, yeah. She said, who did it? <laughs> and I told her which doctor Was it like it. a medical professional? Or? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that was Dr. Radbill. And she's like, oh, okay. And then a little bit later, she's like, hey, I'm going to call your husband in here. And I was like, all right. Oh, um, and so, wow. and I'm fully thinking she's still going to say, oh, the dates were wrong. They right. messed up before. Right, right, right. Dr. Radbill just didn't get the dates right. 
And so she said, well, Jeff comes walking and she said, well, y'all are having twins. And I started screaming, laughing. Like I was just hysterically laughing. Like, are you kidding me? And then she said, do you want to know what they are? And we're like, yes. And so I was thinking, gosh, if it's twins, like I, I want it either to be both girls so I could have two girls so they have each other or both boys. Like what if I had a boy and a girl, that poor girl, she'd be all by herself. (laughs) And and so they were like, okay, baby number one is a boy and baby number two is a boy. And again, I started dying laughing. I was like, this is crazy because this might be TMI. (laughs) (laughs) We, we can always take it out. (laughs) We were trying to regret it later. Okay, we had friends who were like, we know what to do to ensure that you have a girl. And so we were like, okay, we'll take that on. We'll take that challenge on. So when we decided to have a fourth, we are like, we'll take the challenge on. And so we should have, quote unquote, had a girl. <laughs> but no, we it had twin have... boys. These, these friends so, were, were doubly wrong. <laughs> yeah, they were doubly wrong. And so anyway. What is Jeff's face doing during all of this news? <laughs> He was like, <gasps> like just, just wide like open mouth, attack. like what? But he was also very excited. He was like, I can't believe we're going to have twins. And then it explained why I had felt so bad because I always sure. felt great in my pregnancies. I never had any trouble, but I had felt rough. And then I was like, oh, this is why I'm so enormous. It's because there's two of them. <laughs> so anyway, and then they came five weeks early. They had to be in the ICU for a little while. But <laughs> they were so much bigger than everybody else because my babies were kind of big. And so even at five weeks early, five and a half weeks early, they were five, nine, and, and then six pounds, six, one. And so they were like the size of a normal newborn, kind of. <laughs> and so in the ICU, like, they looked crazy. Oh. But they had to be there for 11 days until just their lungs finished, like, growing or whatever. And then they came home. So, so uh, life with... That's what I was going to ask. Life with six men, most of them smaller. What's yes. it like to almost be Snow White? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and let me just say, life with six men and one bathroom. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our house only has one bathroom. And um, I don't – it's just loud. But I tell people all the time, like – I. And my mom says, you, it makes sense that you're the one who had the boys because I could handle a little bit of chaos, not a ton, but I could handle a little bit of chaos. And like the house we live in, the reason we bought it is because of the backyard. And mm. so they spend a lot of time outside, but they've all, um, until Noah was a sophomore in college, they all slept in the same room. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so their room has... Two bunk beds in it. One is a double on the bottom. The twins sleep there. And I think, I can't remember who used to sleep on top. Maybe Noah. And then in the other bunk bed was David on top and Josh on the bottom. I'm going to bring that up every time my children oh, yeah. get tired of sharing room. <laughs> like, yeah, you say, like, we just listen to right, the stalk up story. Right. Yeah. No, they, they're like, I have friends that have their own room. I'm like, well, that's your friends. <laughs> it's not our house. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, I own this house and I don't get my own room. I know, right? What is so, that? So I imagine some people hear that and go, oh my gosh, that's miserable. One bathroom, that many boys in one room. But why don't you talk about what have been some of the benefits that you've seen having that many children, just having one bathroom, being it's just a small house. Yeah. Like I imagine the Lord And I homeschooled, so we're- And we you homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> so we are really all on top of each other. But I will say- 
um, the benefits of a small yeah, yeah, house, yeah. the benefits of us all being in the same space is that they kind of had were forced to get along with each other and to figure it out because you couldn't get away from each other. <laughs> like it doesn't matter if you're an introvert, you're not going anywhere yeah. unless it's just outside. Um, Are there introverts in the Stalka family? Weirdly, yes, but I didn't know it for a long time because they didn't have enough time and space to figure it out. <laughs> um, but Noah is definitely an introvert. Mm. Um, and then David is slightly one in the sense that when he's around a lot of people for a while, he's got to get away. Sure. Um, but I, th- they can't get away with anything cause I can hear everything. Our house is like a, a thousand <laughs> square feet. And so I'm just, we're, they can't get away. Literally. Right. They can't get away. They can't go pout in their room. They can't be on a device. They can't do anything without me knowing what's going on. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. It kind of actually helped, helped, you know, kind of keep a lid on some things. And um, they actually, I don't know what it would have been like if we had had a bigger house, but they all really like each other. So if you know my boys, they're mm-hmm. always together. Um, they're best friends. Uh, one of the things that used to be kind of hard is that there are not many kids in our church that were older that were known David's age. Um, or that they had moved away. And so, but they always had each other. So sometimes when I'd get really bummed out that I was homeschooling, they didn't have a big community. I'd be like, Lord, they just need friends. And, and then I would come back to, oh, well, they, they have each other. Mm. Um, and then, you know how I was trying to get rid of the middle child? Well, I ended up with the ultimate middle child because Noah and David <laughs> are less than two years apart. And the twins, you know, they're three minutes apart. And then there's Josh in the middle. But he has done phenomenally as a middle child. He's really funny. He's a trip. And he could go yeah. up or down. And so mm. that's the other benefit. I think um, I'm, I would never in a million years expect everybody to homeschool. Um, because I definitely know that sometimes that is not what you should do. But <laughs> everybody's gotten a little taste of what it's like. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? Everybody's <laughs> done it now. But I think um, what I've seen is a lot of times, let's say I have a sixth grade boy, and if, if Noah, when he was in the sixth grade, had been in a normal school setting, I think he wouldn't have spent as much time with his brothers because they wouldn't have been as cool right. as the, yeah, all the yeah. other sixth and seventh graders. But, you know, Noah had to watch Curious George all the way up through <laughs> high school. <laughs> we need to have Noah in to have him talk about that. He might have some things he needs to work oh, through. Oh, gosh. Um, and so I, I kind of feel like it kept them a little bit younger. Yeah, right. As far as, and boys in general. I mean, boys will play. Like, all their friends that were girls would kind of, like, I don't know, start growing up and being serious. And my boys are like, man, they won't play Legos anymore. They won't do videos anymore and silly stuff. So <laughs> they've always had each other. And Legos has been a big part of our house from the time Noah's five until he's 21. And he has more Legos than any of us. Oh, now, yeah. So running the Lego camp. Yeah. we yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so sad this summer. I'm trying to figure out if I can do it later in the summer. But we run Lego camps every summer. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Park, at this moment, we're going to pause for just a second. We have a few more questions for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. But we want to do something that uh, it's an original idea that we stole from other podcasts. Um, called, what do we, do we call it something different every time? Lightning round? Lightning speed round. round. I'd never speed get it right. round. Mm-hmm. I can't Fast remember. question round. So Brad's got, I think, 10 questions for you. Mm-hmm. And your goal is just to answer them with the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, yes. Gosh, okay. You can explain if you want to. All right, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Texting or talking? Talking. I, I could have told you that. <laughs> Even just like little things? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you'd rather call. You do actually. You now I think about it. You do tend to call more. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite day of the week. Oh wow, Saturday. Mm. Nickname your parents used to call you. Oh, Parky Poo. <laughs> <laughs> After Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> uh, or Pookie Ragmo, and I'll explain that later. P- wait, what? What? Pookie Ragmo. <laughs> explain now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when I was in the third grade, I signed up for a missionary with Mission to the World. And apparently they couldn't read my third grade handwriting. And so I would get letters every few months to Pookie Ragmo. P-O-O-K-I-E. Instead R-A-G- of Rhymer. M-O-E instead of Park Rhymer. So sometimes they still call me Pookie Ragmo. That's great. Can we call you that? Is that okay? <laughs> on Sunday morning when you're coming up to the mic, uh, Pookie Ragmo has a few things she'd like to share with the body. That would be great. Okay. First celebrity crush. Oh, my gosh. First celebrity crush. Why can't I even? Probably Brad Pitt. Standard. Standard. It's yeah. a standard, yeah. One that Brad understands really well. <laughs> I don't know back, if you remember, but there was, a, there was a sermon where <laughs> yes, Brad yeah. referenced how good-looking Brad was <laughs> on multiple occasions. Speaking of things that you could take back. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, hmm. Is double-dipping at a party ever acceptable? Of course, especially if it's at the Wonskis. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Um, what's the fastest speed you've ever driven in a car? Mm, 90. What's the fastest you've ever gone in a car? Maybe you weren't driving. Probably that. Yeah. Oh, this Uh. is a, this is a great one for park. How often is it healthy to cry? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. As many times as you want. At least every day. (laughs) Brad, uh, we are really unhealthy individuals. <laughs> you should never get through a Sunday without crying. So. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I keep praying for I the gift of tears. I haven't cried yet today. Have you noticed? Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed we haven't been able to <laughs> know. ask her something that will make her cry, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Have you ever tasted soap? <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't think so. I did try to put soap in Josh's mouth when he was six, and he looked at me and smiled. He was like, "Mm, that's not that bad. And I was like, no. And I started dying laughing, and he slapped me on the butt. That's when I should have known, like, this one, hmm, he might be trouble. All right. Have you ever seen a kangaroo in person? Yeah, at the Birmingham Zoo. Okay. (laughs) How long can you hold your breath for? Oh, my. Oh, I don't. No. I mean, when I was little, we used to do that in the pool. But I don't remember. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, that's okay. Those Um, are the kind of intense games we played (laughs) as children before cell phones. All right, I I just got two more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, uh, say something cool. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I'm the most uncool person on the planet. Okay, but what word, when I ask that, what word comes to mind? It's like a word from when I was little. Okay, oh, do it. No, oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. That's rad. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Okay, if you could pick one place to travel every year for the rest of your life, where would that oh, be? Yosemite. 
hands down. That was a fast answer. My favorite answer. place on the planet. That's so awesome. Far. I've never gotten to to go oh out there. Have you been to Yosemite, Brad? I've not. No. It's amazing. Sounds like a staff retreat. There, yeah. If there it's was so one park amazing. that you could pick, well, obviously, I mean, that's the place. That'd be you Yosemite. Picked. Yeah. Acadia is really beautiful too. That's the one y'all went to. That's up the East Coast, right? Yeah, that's, like that's Maine. in Maine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say Banff. I haven't been to Banff yet. We would like to go there. That's Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I've also never been to. We want to go next year for our anniversary, maybe, to Portland, Seattle. I'd love to go to Banff. And Mount Rainier's. Mm. Yeah. Have y'all been to Glacier? Yes, Glacier's beautiful. Yeah, Glacier's like the one that Holly and I got to go to because we went out to visit Hundredfold. Oh um, yeah, and it's right there. Yeah, yeah, and that was absolutely gorgeous. But yeah. I remember seeing y'all's pictures from uh, Maine. Oh, and just mm. it's I was gorgeous. Like, oh, because Holly, yeah. Holly has always said she wants to go to Maine. Yeah, I don't know why. She's shunned like lobster, but you know, <laughs> and she hates the cold, but she wants to go to Maine. So that's That'd on great. the list eventually, but Yosemite, yeah, really, yeah, really want to do that. Have you seen that they've trees. said like since quarantine, mm-hmm. um, oh, that the, the wildlife has yes. been like way more active in the parks and yeah, such? Yeah, we're supposed to go to Yellowstone this summer, so um, mm. that'll be kind of awesome if, if yeah. there still used to be an out because maybe we'll get to see more. Hopefully not. Okay, I got, one, I got one last one okay. that mm-hmm. I want to ask. Mm-hmm. What's the most boring thing ever? Oh, me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was no. the first thing that the came to mind. The first thing that came to your mind. I'm sorry. I know that's oh. terrible. I always tell my kids, I'm the boring one. Your dad's the fun this, one. This is turning into a counseling <laughs> session sorry, yeah. right Park, now. Okay, what tell is us the more about boring? that. Park, there's a reason that we had you here and not Jeff. <laughs> yes. Okay, boring. What is the most boring thing? Oh, my gosh. Just doing nothing. Oh, okay. Just to sit yeah. and do nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm really bad at sitting and doing nothing. See, for some people, that would be like the best thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. true. Well, Park, thank you for playing. Well our done. Silly game. Yeah, sure. yes. Well done. Yes. <laughs> All right. Just a, a few last questions here because you and Jeff and your whole family, y'all have been a part of Shades mm-hmm. for a while. How long? Do you remember when y'all came to Shades? What brought you? Yeah. Let's start there. What, what brought you to Jeff Shades? Jeff and I both graduated from Alabama at the same time and moved here. We graduated December of 94. And, um, Brad, what were you doing in December of 94? (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Um, and we had some friends who lived here in town and Kyle and Susan justice and they went to shades Valley. And so the first Sunday that, that we were here, in fact, the associate pastor back then, Don Newell helped me move into my apartment we came to Shades Valley. We were just dating at the time and um, January, the first January of 1995, and we've been here ever since. So wow. Where was Shades meeting at that time? At um, Shades Valley High School, the old Shades Valley High School. That's the one. Where the zoo is now. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. And Mike Garrigan and Don Newell were the pastors at the time. So and wha- Mike hadn't been there very long. So what made y'all stay? Um. The first week that we came, Jeff and I were both like, this is amazing. Uh, I think the atmosphere of the people, I mean, it was meeting in a school auditorium, but just everybody seemed really laid back, and um, we enjoyed, I don't know, we just really liked the people that were there. We met a lot of people really fast, had a lot of good friends pretty quickly, so Bo and Ashley were some of the first people that we met, actually. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Now... For those that don't know, Jeff and Park lead the prayer ministry here at Shades. Uh, 
have since before I showed up. Mm-hmm. When, when did uh? We used to meet in this room. Really? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. When yeah. when did y'all start leading the prayer ministry? How'd that come about? Um. Okay. So. When we were over at the other building, so that would have been before the twins were born. Is that the 14, warehouse? At the warehouse. Um, Sharon Brush used to go into Mike Garrigan's office every Sunday morning and pray. And we've been cleaning for also a really long time <laughs> at church. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, <laughs> we would go to clean sometimes on Sunday mornings and Sharon would be there. And usually it was Sharon and, and usually maybe like one other, occasionally two other ladies. And so Jeff started going to prayer with them, but I was in charge of children's ministry at the time. And so I was always really busy. We would clean and then I'd get stuff ready for all the classes. And, and so when we moved to this building, I was still doing, um, children's ministry, but God kept telling me to stop. And so I finally said, okay, whatever, but I got paid to do it. And so it was going to be a pay cut. And, but I, I really wanted to pray with Jeff and be able to do prayer ministry. Cause I would come early get stuff ready for children's ministry. And then Jeff, we used to use this room that we're in that's by John Mark's office, for those of y'all who don't know where, me- where we're meeting. And we would pray for people after the service. And so sometimes we would be here for like an hour wow. after the service mm-hmm. was over. And so our days were ridiculous. And we never got to do ministry with each other because I always had the kids and whatever. And so once I quit doing um, that, I, I want to say the twins were probably three or four, maybe three. And... um. So for the past 11 years, I've been doing prayer ministry with Jeff. And we always, like, prayer was always important in our family, but as far as starting to do it here. Yeah. That's, that's you talking saying. reminds me, Park, is there anything that you haven't done at this church? <laughs> <You've>, <laughs> children's ministry, youth, right? Youth Weren't ministry? you an office assistant at uh, one yeah, point? I've three youth ministry. Times I was the office I'm sure you've been involved in women's ministry. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, all so the things. would you would you be interested in leading our men's ministry? We, <laughs> I think that's the only the only ministry you oh haven't done gosh. yet. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you live with six men, right? <laughs> right you know, right. Yeah. it's an old hat. She knows how to do this. Yeah, and I know where a lot of things are in this building. That this was is a tr- funny thing for a lot of years. People couldn't find things, and they would call me. We still do. Yeah, Park, <laughs> have you seen this, or where would this be? So, uh, um. No, the the one other thing I was going to ask, well, not ask because I know, but ask for people's information. So obviously during this this unique time period, we're not really able to meet to do much of anything. But normally, if people wanted to be a part of their prayer ministry, what, what ways could they participate? Okay, so we have prayer on Wednesday nights while youth group is going on. So youth group starts at like 6, but we don't usually start till 6.30, and we kind of hang out till seven and then pray till about seven forty five or eight. So And it's your very I mean, I grew up with Wednesday night prayer meeting. That's exactly what it looks like, right? Yeah. Very, very formal. Oh, no, no, you know, no. Right. <laughs> no. Well, no, not at all. You can come upstairs and bring your dinner on Wednesday nights. We usually just kinda hang out. It's really more of a small group on Wednesday nights, because a lot of us that are in that, um, that's kind of our I don't know, our time to pray for each other, what's going on with each other. And then we spend some time just praying for each other and praying for things at the church. And so it's super, super laid back. You don't have to pray at all. Like people come and just sit and hang out. I think some people feel like if they come in there, they've got to pray, but they really don't. I would, we love it when people just come and sit. Um, And then on Sunday mornings, normally we're here from nine 
till 10-ish, 10-15. And that is still laid back, but we're definitely praying more on that Sunday for what's going to happen that day and needs in the body, leadership, whatever, whatever God kind of gives us. And we're going to shift a little bit once we come back together um, and use a little bit of Sunday morning um, like a little more specific what we're going to pray for. Like when people come on Sunday morning, we'll say, okay, we're going to pray for the elders this week, the elders and their families and kind of give a little better parameters. Um, and whereas Wednesday nights is is still going to be more hanging out and maybe a little bit of just discussion about different topics in prayer. Sure. So when we were teaching through the book of Philippians, I had a text that talks about Epaphroditus and Timothy and Mm -hmm. Paul takes Epaphroditus and Timothy and kind of lifts them up as examples for the Philippians to follow. And as I was preparing for that message, I was thinking about examples as shades that I would want people to look to and follow. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Mission accomplished! When I think about an example... Just so everyone knows, she is beginning to cry. (laughs) But I mean, in all seriousness, when I think of... uh, a couple of family that models what it looks like to have a vibrant and faithful prayer life. I think about you and Jeff. Um, and so I was wondering if maybe you would talk a little bit about how did that come to be? It seems like prayer is just such a regular rhythm Mm -hmm. in your life. And especially when you come to shades, it seems like you're just waiting for the opportunity to to pray for someone and, and to speak into their life. And so maybe, I mean, you can really say whatever you want about that, but <laughs> I'd just love to hear your thoughts on um, how that became. Okay, I already mentioned that my mom, just prayer was a regular part of life. We'd be in the car. I mean, things that a lot of people do. We'd be in the car, we'd see a wreck, we'd pray for the family. Um, I'd come home from school, somebody was mean. Mom would be like, we're not going to talk about him. Let's pray for him. Hmm. Um, uh, I think Jeff and I both in in crusade were involved in prayer there and just kind of um, that grew. (laughs) And we learned about listening to God Mm -hmm. um, through Mike Garrigan and some of his teaching. (coughs) And so, um, so I think the listening part is the part that really changed things for us. Instead of just sitting down and telling God all the things we wanted to tell him, we would just kind of sit and, and this understanding that if Jesus lives to intercede for us, if he sits at the right hand of the father and intercedes for us, and if we're his sheep and we mm-hmm. know his voice, then why not just ask him, mm-hmm. what do you want me to pray for? Cause I want to pray for whatever he's praying for. Mm-hmm. And so I think mm-hmm. Um, that shifted some stuff for Jeff and I when we realized, oh, he can speak to us. And when I say speak to us, of course, I'm sure a lot of you, including my kids when they were younger, would go, what in the world do you mean, Mom? And I'd be like, it's just kind of like if you, um, okay, here's an example. Um, Somebody comes up for prayer on Sunday morning to us, and um And I'll just sit there and there may be things that I want to pray for them that I know about. But before I do that, I try to just go, okay, Lord, what, what do you have to say to this person? And I think because Jeff and I have done it for a long time, it it works fast or not works, but it, it's a faster process, Mm -hmm. but maybe something comes into my head and I go, okay, Lord, that's not 
um, doesn't go against scripture, doesn't go against your character. And so I'm going to pray for that for this person. And a lot of times the person will look at us and go, I, that's exactly what I needed. Either it's something they had come for prayer for, Mm -hmm. or it kind of touched a deeper issue. Um, And so that's just kind of when we learned how to sit and be still, um, that made a big difference. Actually, David Garrigan, Mike Garrigan's son, is the one who kind of practiced that with us in the youth group back in back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Back when, when we forgot to mention when she did youth ministry. Yeah, when, I did, right. when Jeff and I did youth ministry. Right. Um, and so I, that may sound strange to some of y'all, and if it does, you should ask me about it. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's also what we've done with our kids. Um, my kids are having a really hard time. I can sit there and try to figure out a bunch of stuff or I can sit down with them and go, what's going on and what does God have to say about that? Um, but I would preface all of that with when Jeff, uh, I think he's gifted prophetically in the sense that God just kind of gives him stuff more so than me in a different way than me. Um, but when Jeff was first, like God would give him stuff to pray for people, um, or whether he was praying literally to them or for them, away from them. Um, and he would come to me and he would go, I think, is this a verse? Because God would give him verses or tell him to go to a certain place in the Bible, and he'd be like, what? This is crazy. Um, but one of the things he realized in the beginning was that he needed to be more grounded in the Word in order to be able to pray for people, because you don't want to just say whatever comes into your mind kind Mm. of thing. Like you want to be able to balance that with the word. And because I grew up reading my Bible all the time, you know, really, like I told y'all involved in church life and Bible studies and all kinds of stuff at the beginning, Jeff would lean on me more for, does this line up with scripture? Does this line up with this? And then Jeff just himself dove into the word and goodness gracious, far surpassed me in his knowledge (laughs) of the word. But, um, but anyway, I, I think that that's one of the key things. I um, mean, one of the things that I've noticed that's different sometimes um, is that when people really know the word, it can inform their prayers in a different way because mm-hmm. you've got God's truth. And yeah. what better thing to do than pray scripture over people? And so um, I, I think kind of Jeff and I work together well in that way. So mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, two things that were coming to mind was one, I'm just so thankful for y'all and your prayer ministry and how it's always grounded in the word and it's always marked by humility. When Jeff gets up, he says, Lord, if this is from you, let it stand. If Mm -hmm. not, then who cares? And that humility and that ministry marked by the word, but such a vibrant and organic and life-giving prayer ministry is something that I'm so thankful for at Shades. Yeah, and I think when you said humility, that is so Jeff. because I've encountered a lot of other people with prophetic gifts mm. and they'll just say, here's the thing. This is what it is. This is what God said. Yeah. But Jeff's ability to come at it going, you know, we know in part, we prophesy in part, like his willingness to go, I, this isn't about me. It's about, th- it's about the Lord. And, mm-hmm. and if what I'm saying is not from him, I, you know, I don't want it, uh, has been huge. And it, and I'm <laughs> just to throw back to real quick when, when I realized that I liked Jeff, I had always had in my mind what a leader was. And then I realized that, oh, this will make me cry, that what a leader was was somebody who serves. And Jeff serves really, really well. Mm-hmm. And he goes low. And he teaches all of us in our family to go low. 
um, mm-hmm. is what we call it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think um, leadership in a home can look really different than what the Christian paradigm says. Um, so anyway, there's my Jeff plug. <laughs> and I am crying. <laughs> I, was about, I, was, I was about to tell everybody, just so you all know. <laughs> yep, three times on the podcast. <laughs> Mark it. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's beautiful. Well, Park. Thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, I I know I can speak for Brad as well as many others in our body. Just even in listening to you, like I'm just, I'm just sitting here nodding along, going, "Yeah, those things have had an impact in my own heart and my own life." I I didn't come out of a background where listening prayer, prophetic gifts, anything like that was practiced mm-hmm. at all, um, and. I, I came to the theological conviction that those things were realities and the Lord still worked in those ways, and uh, but was never in an environment to experience them. And I know that the way that you and Jeff approach uh, these things with that humility, with that word-based ministry, like all of it just, mm-hmm. I think, just kind of drew me into it going, okay, like... Uh, these people, their their hearts are for the Lord and for his truth. And I don't know, it just made it so much easier just to trust with something that I was unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and so I know it's had a huge impact in my my own life. But mm. so thank you for for coming, for yeah. sharing, and just for for being who you are, oh. not boring at all like <laughs> Jeff. Yes. Not boring at all. <laughs> oh goodness. Jeff is definitely not boring. Oh, uh. Well, this has been another episode of Shades Midweek, Meet a Member Edition. Thanks for listening.